0: Very excited about today, though, because I know we all want relationship help, and I want you to know that I am the relationship expert. It's funny you laughed. That's what Jessica did, too, when I said that. (laughs) I don't understand. So I'm excited about today's message, though, because I think all of us want to know what God says about relationships. How can we improve them? How can we make them better? Whether you are dating, maybe you're single, you're just looking for someone to date, you're in the right place, by the way. This is the largest single gathering in South Texas every single Sunday. So glad you're here. We have a lot of singles in the house, by the way, at all of our campuses. So glad you guys are here. Maybe you're dating someone already. Maybe you're serious with them. Maybe you're engaged or married, newly married, or maybe married a long time like I have. Wherever you are on the spectrum, just always good to get some new, some new tips, some new help. Or maybe today is a lot more than just needing some, some tips. Maybe you're saying, pastor, I need, I'm desperate. I need massive help right now or things may not turn around. Wherever you are. We're glad you're here. We believe that God wants to give you hope and encouragement today. I'm excited today to talk about love, relationships, marriage, the whole deal. You know, marriage is a relationship where one person is always right, and then there's also a husband. That's how that works. So anyways, Chris Rock said this about marriage. I love Chris Rock. He's a great theologian. He said this. He said, marriage is so tough, Nelson Mandela got divorced. He got out of prison after 27 years of torture, spent six months with his wife and said, I can't take it. Hilarious, and so, anyways, I'm excited about today. You know, we're talking about this whole "his queen, her king" thing, and I thought, let's just see what do royalty have to say about relationships. So, I found this. I want to read this to you. This is from Queen Victoria. Not to be confused with Queen Elizabeth. Now, she'd recently passed away, but this is her great great grandmother. Victoria was very influential. This is why we have the, the age we call the Victorian age. We literally named that particular time. After this woman, that's how much of an influence she was. Look what she had to say about her relationship. She wrote this in her journal on her wedding day. Listen to this. I never, never spent such an evening. My dearest, dearest, dear Albert, his excessive love and affection gave me feelings of heavenly love and happiness I could have never hoped to have had before. He clasps me in his arms and we kiss each other again and again. His beauty, his sweetness, his gentleness. Really, how can I ever be thankful enough to have such a husband? To be called by names of tenderness I never yet heard used to me before. Was bliss beyond belief. Oh, this was the happiest day of my life. Wow. (laughs) That's a lot, right? Clearly, Albert was a man of a lot of love and affection because he gave her nine children. (laughs) But the saddest part about the story is that 21 years into their marriage, he contracted typhoid fever and died suddenly. Did you know after that, she wore all black for the rest of her life? I mean, it is so tragic. She had her servants every single day lay out a fresh set of clothes for him as if he were alive and make a fresh set of water and set it out for him to shave with as if he were alive for every day of the the rest of her life. So Albert, in their relationship, gave her the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. Isn't that how relationships can be, right? So as we talk about this today, my prayer is that God would help lay some groundwork for all of us to have thriving, amazing relationships. So let's look at the wisdom of God and see what he has to say. I'm super excited about today's message. And again, I am an expert, so here we go. So (laughs) Hebrews chapter 13 says this, give honor to marriage and remain faithful to one another in marriage. I love this. The first thing you need to know about the way you treat a king or a queen is that you treat him with honor. I mean, if you were to go before a king or a queen, you would obviously want to honor them because they are royalty, right? You know, the Bible actually says that we're royalty. It says that we are a royal priesthood, every one of us. So right now, turn to the person next to you and say, I am royalty. I oh, no, that wasn't arrogant enough. Say it right. You got to say, I am royalty. You got to say it with a little shake, royalty. You got to say it like that, like Jim Carrey would, royalty. So it's true. And so I want to challenge you to treat each other with honor. I love how in this Bible verse it says, give honor not to one another, not to your husband, not to your wife, give honor to marriage. What does that mean? It means even if they are not acting honorable, we honor them because we're honoring the gift God gave us of marriage itself. Isn't that cool? So we continue to honor them even if we don't feel like they're being honorable in return. We still honor them. Now here's the thing, you probably already know this, but daily conflicts divide us, right? I mean, it's true, stuff happens, they say things and you say things, right? And so daily conflicts happen. We get offended and we, and we create what I call, we begin a crazy cycle. You know, we just, we start acting crazy. And what this means is that, you know, you're upset. So you pop off to them and they pop off back to you. And then you fire off something again. And so you're in this cycle where you're mad at each other and you go at each other and maybe one goes really loud. The other one goes silent. I mean, I don't know, but you know, you get into the cycle. It's like a script you're running. Psychologists and licensed professional counselors say you literally have a script that you're running. And you're always like, well, you are always do this. Are you never that? And so you just going at each other and your mother is this and you're blah, blah. And you're just going at each other. You're running a script, and it's very common to do that. And I use the word crazier because it's considered a crazy cycle that, that you get in. It's really true. Here's the funny thing. I, I've, been, I've been pastoring a, a long time, 25 years, you know, here at this church alone. I can't believe that, that we're celebrating that now. It's crazy. But, but I will tell you this. I, I've seen and, and heard it all. I really feel like I have. And, and the time and time again, one thing I've noticed is that when I meet people who have an ex, like an ex-wife, an, an, an ex-husband, they all say the same thing. They say, my ex, man she or he is crazy. (laughs) They always say that. They always use that word. They go, oh, you have no." Then they go, no, no, I'm serious, man. They're crazy. I know. I know. And somewhere they're saying the same thing about you, that you're crazy. What happened is you got in the crazy cycle and you never got out of it. And so then it'll cost you your marriage. And so that's what happens to people oftentimes who, who go through a divorce. And so, What do we do about this? Scripture says in Song of Solomon, I love Song of Solomon, by the way. It's a love story, basically. It's this poetic love story about a man and a woman. They fall in love. And so... She speaks, he speaks, and then a friend speak too. They all have like a little part to play. It's kind of almost like a play. If you read it, it's really interesting. And it's also full of great wisdom, a lot of love there, a lot of romance, affection. It's actually very sexual to I me. Mean, it's like you read this, you're like, whoa, I can't believe God wrote all that. And it just reminds me and reminds you that God created love, romance, and sex. He created all that. All it was, it was by design. So he wants us to be blessed by those things. He really, he really does. But oftentimes we get upset with each other instead, right? We're at each other's throats. And so I love being married. It's so great to be able to annoy the same person for the rest of my life. I love that. <laughs> but we all do that to some degree, don't we? I mean, let's just admit it on the front end, we do. This is what scripture says in Song of Solomon about that. Catch the foxes for us, the little foxes that spoil the vineyards for our vineyards are in blossom or in bloom. What does that mean? It means if you have a small garden, One little fox can ruin the whole garden. One wrong behavior, not checked. One wrong thing that you say that you continue down that path, it can ruin everything. So it's really a big deal that we deal with the small things. If you don't, small things turn into big things. So we have to learn to deal with those things. And so, you know, I was talking about that script you begin to run, that crazy cycle you know, how do you break that? Look at Romans chapter 12. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. What does that mean? They're crazy cycle? The crazy way they do relationships. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will, your, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now you may say, what does God's will have to do with this? Well, could it be if you're married that you're asking God to show you his will and you're not hearing anything from God because God's like, well, first of all, you keep ignoring honoring your spouse and that is my will. So why should I give you more of my will to disobey? I gave you someone to love and to cherish, so love and cherish them. That is God's will. We forget about that, don't we? Oh "Oh, yeah, that's right. That's part of God's will. But if you remember at one point in time, you were single praying that God would bless you with someone. The very person you are now annoyed by is the blessing you ask God for. Right? We forget that. that. Oh, yeah, that's right. This, this is the blessing that I want from God. And so Ecclesiastes 7. <laughs> it's true. And so Ecclesiastes 7 says, foolishness is madness. You know the word for madness is? Crazy. So when you start acting like a fool towards one another... It creates this crazy cycle between the two of you. I heard a husband and wife, they were having an argument. The wife said, you're not even listening to me. The husband replied, yes, I am. I'm multitasking. I can tune you out and look like I'm listening to you at the same time. (laughs) I want to challenge you. We have to learn to get past the crazy cycle. So can I now give you the crux of the day? The biggest verse I want to give you. This is the key to everything. In fact, we're going to take this one verse. We're going to unpack it for the next three weeks. So it's obviously a big deal, okay? So please lean in as you hear this verse. Look what God says in what we call, what theologians call, the marriage chapter of the Bible, which is Ephesians chapter 5. This is what God says. Each man must love his wife as he loves himself. Now, how many ladies know that a man loves himself? Amen. Right? That's true. (laughs) Very true. So each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. What? That can't, hold on, that can't be right. Why wouldn't it say love her husband? It said he's supposed to love her, she's supposed to respect him. What? That, can't, that can't be right. What, why, would, why would God use two different words? I just found that interesting because so I, I kind of did a little study of that, just kind of leaned into it. There's another scripture uses the same verse. First Peter 3 actually talks about husbands who aren't even Christians. Look what it says for wives. This is how you can win them over. It says, even if some husbands do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see see your respectful, there's that word again, and pure conduct. Hmm. So I'm supposed to love my wife, but she's not told to love me back. She's told to respect me. Why would they use two different words? unless God does something about us. See, the reason why God would not say to women, women love your husbands, because the most natural thing a woman can do is love. You're built to love. So it would be redundant for him to tell you to love, but it's not quite so natural (laughs) for a woman to respect a man. That ain't natural. Notice that men are told to love. Why is that? Because men, it's not natural for us to love. Men are not loving people. We're just not. I mean, it sounds cold, but we're just not. We don't think about that. We don't think about being loving. You know, you don't. But, but men, so we have to be told to do that. And we can be great lovers of people, but we have to be told you need to love. Okay, I, I realize that, right? But women need to be told to be respectful to their husbands because that's not a natural thing for them. And so it, it's, it's unnatural. So why would God doesn't need to say, hey, you need to love your husbands, because women, they're like, well, of course I love my husband. I mean, that's what I do. I'm, I'm a lover, right? That's like, like, like God never told men to be horny. They already are. So <laughs> I'm just making a point. I'm just trying to. I'm sorry. We need to probably edit that later. Pray for your pastor. Let's be honest. I'm like half saved. Let's just be honest. Okay, so anyways, okay. <laughs> I'm so glad my mom has done this service. I'm just really thankful right now. So it says, husbands was that each man must must love his wife. Do you know the word love there is the word agape, which means unconditional love. So I'm actually supposed to love my wife without condition, even if I don't feel like she's particularly that day lovable. (laughs) Right? But did you catch this? Oh, it's about to get ugly in here. And wives must respect her husband. It doesn't say whether they're respectable or not. She said, Women got real quiet, you're like what was that you want me to love him you don't know how he see the thing is we have a hard time with this because we're like well i'll love you when you're lovable i'll respect you when i when you do things respectable right but we forget the bible doesn't just say to give unconditional love it says to give unconditional respect wow that's next level Why would God say that? Let me give you a couple examples. Here's why. Because, guys, she needs unconditional love. So God says, you need to do this because this is what she needs. Okay, look at scripture. I just, again, I did a cursory reading of Song of Solomon. Man, there's a lot in there. I was like, whoa. I had to stop reading. I was like, I need to go find my wife. This is pretty hot stuff. (laughs) So I was reading it, and it's so funny because it says, like, what he said, what she said, and then what they said, like the friends. So I'm like, get the friends out of here. Why are they here? I don't know why. Anyways. (laughs) But it's hilarious because you read it like she, uh, everything she said is like, he loves me and I love him and love, 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 love. Everything is love. Like, in fact, look at, I just gave one example, Song of Solomon 2, verse four, and let his banner over me be love. Like, if I could put one big giant, you know, signpost over us, it needs to be, he loves me. I love him, right? She's all about love. But if you read what he said over and over, he's like, your teeth are like this and your neck and your breasts. I mean, everything was about her body, the whole thing. So once again, even in the Bible, lady, men are all about sex. Even in the Bible. I do think it's kind of funny that he's like, your teeth had a twin. I'm like, yeah, I think that's good. They should have twins. That's, Im- that's important. Like, who were you dating before this? I don't understand. I'm just nervous for you. I'm like, wow, were you dating like a hockey player? I don't understand. Kind of scary. I'm like, anyway, so. <laughs> but the Bible's really clear. So when she speaks of the relationship, it's all about love, love, love. But the way men speak of relationships. It's different. We see it differently. In fact, let me give you an example of, let's look with the Apostle Paul. He was speaking, he wrote a letter to, to the church and he, he was not married, by the way, single guy. But we get a great glimpse of how guys think with what he said to the church. Look what he said. He said, I have the highest confidence in you and I take great pride in you. Why would he say that? Why didn't he say, I love you. He didn't do that. Why do you say, I take great pr- I have confidence in you, I take great pride. Why? What he's saying is, I respect you. So this is really important. We typically give out what we want given to us. So what do women do? Oh, I love you. I don't mean this to be ugly, ladies. He's not looking for that. He's not. And men, we're like, well, I respect my wife. And then she's not looking for that. She wants to be loved. So if we were in space, if Elon Musk hooked us up and we all went to space, we would need some kind of contraption to breathe, Right? Because we all need oxygen. If I could just tell you the oxygen that she's breathing in, guys, is love. Ladies, the oxygen your man needs to breathe in is not love. It's respect. Did you catch that? It's different. And if we don't notice different, we'll be frustrated with each other. And so he she needs unconditional love. He needs unconditional respect. A, a counselor asked a man one time, this, this great counselor. Dr. Eggerich, in fact, a lot, in fact, almost everything I'm reading, giving to you right now is from the Bible, but it's something he helped discover in a great book called Love and Respect. I highly recommend you get it. It's great stuff. I'm ripping off the entire book. It's so good. Okay, so <laughs> he says this Unconditional respect is important. He asked a man, he said, Do you think your wife loves you? He was like, Of course she does. And he said, Do you think she likes you? He said, Nope. <laughs> and then he said, How could she like me if she's always trying to change me? Ouch. See, I, I, I believe, ladies, that you love your man, but, but do you like him? Because that, that betrays the respect side of things. He doesn't feel respected. So in some way, men, I believe a lot of women feel like they're on a love diet. The way you dole it out in really small doses and they feel like they're just like, I got to just take this and savor because I know when I'm going to get another bite. So we need to take our wives off a love diet and give them all that they need. In the same way, women, you may not know, but you may be cutting off your man at the legs by disrespecting him. So I don't know what it is for for you. And this is where you have to do your homework and talk to your man, talk to your woman. You got got to talk to each other, okay? But I can tell you this. If you tell me the sermon's great today, awesome. If my wife says it's great, oh, I'm the sermonator now. (laughs) You see, if she believes in me, then it's like, oh, it's on. That's all I have to hear. And so I, I just, again, I, I love hearing from you, thanks, but I really love hearing from her. Does that make sense? Because then I feel like she respects, part of respecting me is when she respects what I do, the craft that I have. Does that make sense? Ladies, when you constantly criticize what he does, you don't realize that you're, you, he, she, he's, he's basically saying, you're killing me right now. Like I got this mask on, but you're stepping on my hose. And I know I, I can't breathe. I don't have anything coming in. Does that make sense? And so this is a huge problem that we have. And so I want to challenge you. Oftentimes, if we, we don't like to admit this, but here's the truth. We keep trying to convert each other. We keep trying to change each other into our own image. But the Bible says we were made in God's image. Your, your goal is not to make them more like you. Your goal is to love who God made them to be. So I want to challenge you with this, to give love and to give respect. It is a game-changing thing. If you will do this, it really can change everything. Now, next week, by the way, we're talking about how to speak to a king and a queen. So be sure to be here as we unpack that. We're gonna learn the language of love and respect next week. Join us for that. I promise you it's gonna be worth it. But I just wanna challenge you with this. If we don't learn this simple concept, and you may think, well, okay, what else you gotta teach me? This is it. This is the biggest thing because we're not doing it. So I just wanna stop on this. I wanna park on this. In fact, I wanna tell you that if we don't do this right, it will lead to divorce. Break up, the ending of your relationship. I'm, I'm serious. And so when people leave jobs, why do they say? They don't respect me there. Right? Why, why do men fall for secretaries? Why, why do they do that? Could it be that that girl is paid to show you respect? And so you're, you're getting, even if, she's, even if you already know in your brain she's paid, but here's the crazy thing. If you start showing someone respect, even if you're paid to do it at first, if you continue to show respect, you eventually will respect just catch that. Now, we're certainly not approving of that at all. That will lead me to another scripture, thou shalt not kill. So I'm not suggesting we should do this. But what I'm, po- what I'm trying to point out is, it, it, men, if you don't give enough love to your wife, ladies, if you don't give enough respect to your husbands, you're making, yourself, you're making them vulnerable to the enemy. Because the devil will bring someone along who will give that woman love. The devil will bring someone along who will show that man respect. Don't leave an open door for the enemy in your marriage, for the enemy in your relationship. Does that make sense? You be the one to fill their love tank. You be the one to fill their respect tank. If you will do that, God will honor your marriage. He will honor your relationship. Now, the number one ingredient that psychologists tell us that they found in divorce, all divorces have this one thing in common. The word is contempt. So what is contempt? What, what does that word mean? Contempt means the feeling that a person or a thing is beneath consideration Worthless or deserving scorn. What does contempt look like? It looks like an eye roll. <sighs> Not going to believe what they did this time. It's an eye roll. Contempt is a negative tone. Oh, well, oh, about time you showed up. That's contempt, right? So we have to be really careful. And sometimes people say, well, I, I can't help it. I'm just kind of a negative person. Well, you can hold on to that excuse all you want, but you may be holding on to that all the way to the divorce court. So you may have to say, maybe I am negative, but I need to choose to be positive. Does that make sense? We just had to make a decision. So I'm just, I'm just going to be positive. And so what's the opposite of contempt? The opposite of contempt is empathy. It's listening to understand and listening to appreciate them. That's the opposite of contempt. By the way, you know what the synonyms are for contempt? Scorn, disdain, depreciation, and disrespect. Oh, wait a minute. This means that the very thing I pray for all times, time is that God bless my marriage. Maybe I'm the one contributing to hurting it. At the same time, I'm praying, asking God to bless it. And that happens when we're not giving enough love, men, to our wives or enough respect, ladies, to your husbands. You may not realize you may be contributing to the downfall of your own relationship that you care so much for. I don't believe we mean to do this, but it's still happens it's easy to slip into these things and so another couple of things they said psychologist said a couple ways to to override contempt is is listening is one of the biggest things they said um, it's listening again for appreciation to thank them for what they're doing hear their heart hear where they're at in other words understand them from their perspective that's empathy and then they said this too being positive just choosing to be positive about them isn't that powerful So what does this mean for you and I? It means we should be trying to catch the other person doing right, not wrong. We're really good at finding when they do Ah, you need to fix that. Aren't we good at fixing our spouse, correcting them, finding them? We need to instead find what they're doing right and thank them for. Even if you have to search hard. Some of you are like, I have to really search hard (laughs) to find something to do right. First of all, that's more about your attitude. They are doing more than right, right than, you, than you realize it. And so you can find something good to do. Hey, honey, I thank you for going to work because there's some guys that don't. So thank you for that. Thank you for taking the bath. I really appreciate that. You have no idea <laughs> how grateful I am. So anyways, but thank you. Hey, I want to thank you for being involved with the kids. I want to thank you for making a difference. And even if you feel like they're not doing those things enough, you know how you can to increase them to do it more? Thank them for it. Does that make sense? And so people tend to do what they are praised for. So find what they're doing right and praise them for it, and they will do more of it. So the number one ingredient found in divorces is, is, is contempt. So I'm going to challenge you to fight this. Now, here's your homework for the day. Would you, would you take this and, and just write these two questions down? Your homework for the, queens in the, for the men in the room, ask your queen, ask your wife or girlfriend. Hopefully you only have one of those. Um, <laughs> how can I show you unconditional love? And the reason I say is because it's going to be different for everyone. The way it used to work in my home was like, how can I show you unconditional love? She would say, be involved with the kids. Now, the kids are older now, so that's changed. So it just changes over time. But just ask them, how can I show you unconditional love? So men, when you'd be asking her, wives that? And then wives, you'd be asking your man, how can I show you unconditional respect? Another way of saying this is you want to just get down and dirty with it is, where am I not showing you love? And where am I, not, where am I being disrespectful? And let them tell you. And don't defend it. Please do not defend mediocrity. Aren't we good at defending ourselves? It doesn't matter if you've got good a good heart when you said that. If they take it the wrong way, quit doing it. Does that make sense? doesn't matter how, but, but I meant it. Well, doesn't matter how you meant it. They didn't receive it that way. All they know is you're still standing on their hose. I, I, I can, I'm trying to, I'm barely getting any love here. I can't. I'm barely getting any respect here. I'm barely making it here. So we have to make a decision. And so I want to put up a little picture here. You may want to write this down. Just a a little drawing here, if I can. And so can you put up that? This is from love and respect. There it is. This is the crazy cycle. Without love, she reacts. She pops off. She goes negative, critical, nagging, all that stuff. Without respect, he snaps, loses it, screams and yells, is disrespectful, says unloving things, goes to the garage, doesn't come back for three hours, right? And so you see the cycle? You see how this works? So she's longing for love, he's longing for respect. But guess what we do? We think, oh, I know what he needs. He just needs some love. No, he doesn't, ladies. He doesn't need that. That's what you're needing. He needs respect. Well, I just need to let her know all the good she does. No, she needs to be romanced. She needs affection. She needs to know, I love you. I'm crazy about you. You're the most beautiful girl in the room. Let her know that. She needs to know that. She should not be getting that need met from a romance novel. She should be getting that need met from you. Does that make sense? And so until we understand we need different things, we are different people. I don't care what our world is trying to sell us. Men and women are different. And until you recognize this, you'll keep trying to serve up to them what you're looking for not what they're looking for. So women it may not be natural to you. It's not cuz you're a loving person. But you got to make a decision say I got to figure out how to show him respect. Does that make sense? To tell him I believe in you and wow, you're awesome and you still got it in my eyes and I respect what you do and I well, you know your opinions matter and all that stuff. Guys, you got to plug in. You know what the, the psychologists tell us too that did you know men use only half of the words we only speak half the words that women do in a given day? I mean, as we come home at five, we're done. Like, she's like, how was your day? She's ready to talk, and you're like, busy. And we're done talking. Like, I, like, like five minutes before I left work, I was like, E-ve-ve-ve. I'm done. I'm done talking. Like, all my words are done. And she's like, I'm just getting started. <laughs> so men have to choose to say, I've got to choose to engage because this is one of the ways I love her. Does that make sense? So if you'll make a decision today not to get mad at the preacher... Not to get mad at the messenger, but to realize God said it. Why would God say you must love men? Because it's not natural for us. We're we're lovers of ourselves naturally. Why would God tell women you must respect him? Because it's not natural. It's natural to correct, to criticize, to fix. But that's not what's going to change him. What's going to change him is when you say, You're so awesome. You're such a great leader. You lead our home so well. I just believe in you, and man, you're—I just—you're such a leader. You're just a game changer. I just want to thank you for being an amazing husband. And he's like, "Thanks, babe." And he leaves, and in his mind, he goes, "I I need to be what she just said I am." (laughs) Did you catch that? He's aware of what he's doing right and wrong. And so, but if you say, you know what? You need to change. You need to do this. Guess what? I dig my heels into I'm, what I'm doing. I'm, I'm doing fine. And I'm not as bad as this guy down the street. He beats his wife. I don't do that. And so I, we dig our heels in and defend mediocrity. But if I feel like I can trust you and I feel like you believe in me, then I want to become the man you say I am. Does that make sense? Man, if you'll lean in and just love her unconditionally, then she will be a woman loved. And a woman loved wants to love back. Does that make sense? Get off the hose of your spouse. Quit putting a crimp in it. Give him what they need. And when he feels respected, he'll love you. When she feels loved, she'll respect you. And then we both get our love tanks full. Would you bow your heads with me? Every head bowed, every eye closed. We just take a moment to pray. God is speaking to you today. Maybe today starts with an apology with God, but maybe it starts with an apology to your spouse. And you say, God, I'm sorry, I, I didn't even know I was doing this, God. I didn't even realize it. And I don't think we mean bad, I don't. But men, you gotta take your wife off the love diet. She needs more from you. So give her that. And love her on her terms, not your terms. Ask her, how do I, how can I love you better? Start by saying, God, Open my heart. Make me sensitive. Maybe women, your prayer today, say, God, help me to show him respect. Help me to see all the great things he does and not try to change him, but admire him. Look up to him. Be grateful for him. Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you, God. Ephesians 5 was given to us because it works, because your word works. I thank you for that, God. May we love and respect one another. Thank you, God, that we can honor you, Lord, honor marriage, to get to marriage by simply doing what you told us to do in your word. Every head bowed, every eye closed. God loved you so much as he sent his own son. He demonstrated his love for you, Scripture tells us, by sending Christ to die for your sins and for mine. You see, what keeps us from heaven is the fact that we're not perfect. But Jesus died for all of our imperfections, all of our sins, and he rose again from the grave, proving that he's God. And now he waits for you and I to receive him. You can pray a simple prayer. You can receive Jesus as your Lord and your Savior right now. Right now, all of our campuses, those online, you can pray this prayer with me right now. Just say this out loud. Just say, Dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died for my sin, and I believe you rose again. I ask you to come into my heart, be my Lord, and be my Savior. I repent of my sins. I put you in first place. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me your head bowed and your eyes closed, if you just prayed that prayer, would you just lift your hand high? If no one's looking around. If you just gave your life to Christ, thank you. Just hold your hand high. There are hands going up all across our campuses right now. Thank you. Hold your hand high. Thank you, Stone Oak. Hold that hand high. Praise God. Thank you, Rodfield. Hold that hand high. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you, Padre Island. All the way there at Rockport Fulton as well. If you're online with us right now, you can put it in the text chat. Just text my hands raised or click hand raised right now. We thank God for the decision you made to give your life to Christ. You're not alone. Many people have made that decision today as well. Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you, God, that it's so practical, Lord, and yet so powerful. God, thank you that we can begin to love and respect one another as your word teaches. Thank you for your truth. God, I pray for the next month that you would just bless our relationships through this series. Utilize this to transform us into your people and that our marriages would simply look a lot more like you, Lord. Thank you that we get to love one another as you teach us to. In your name we pray. With all God's people said, Amen. Isn't God good? His word is so true.